my daily, like, the, you know, the daily hustle or the daily grind, that kind of idea for other people. For me, it is definitely getting myself to a place where I feel like I'm smiling and it's real and I feel good. Like that's, you know, it's that moment. Hey, Sarah Marie Thompson here from Wild and Creative. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here because we are going to be diving into fun ways to increase your personal power and everyday magic on every single episode. Today, my special guest with me is Chris Ann Donnelly. She's a dream builder and brand catcher and creator of the beautiful, beautiful Oracle deck, Sacred Oracle, A Sacred Journey for Your Creator Soul. But she has had years of brand strategy and business mentoring, and now she's kind of coming into a, a place in her life where light working is taking over. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. How do you feel that it is important to add magic to your life? And how do you do that? Oh my goodness, what a good question. That's a biggie. <laughs> magic um, is sort of the same word, as, if you will, for as creativity, as inspiration. I kind of see them as this blend. So bringing magic into the everyday is kind of my modus operandi like it's what I what I strive to do it's what I hope to do I hope to live an inspired life like if if I could wake up every day feeling like super inspired then life is you know life is amazing so I think it's really important to bring that into the everyday and how I bring that into the everyday gosh I think that's a combination of ritual of paying attention you know really paying attention to synchronicity and serendipity and the signs and how I'm feeling and if it is a good day to just jump into creative flow or maybe you know some days you wake up and it's I'm a little off so I have to put on I have this track that's called the can't stop dancing playlist and like those happen and then I have to you know kind of get myself into a space where I feel good like it's really important how I feel and paying attention to that every day so I don't know if that answers your question because it's not specifics of ritual but <laughs> yeah and then I kind of want to uh, add on to that so would you say that that's really how you pick up your inspiration as well that's where your inspiration comes from doing those same kind of tasks but inspiration gosh that comes from so many different places I can sometimes I'll go out and I'll just you know go for a walk in nature or if I need something more kind of literally I'll go somewhere where there's just a bunch of beautiful things like I get inspired by going to furniture stores and looking at all these beautiful spaces or looking at art or you know it really depends I know sometimes I um one of the biggest ahas that I had with inspiration was with the with was actually with the oracle deck I um I spend a lot of time like most creatives like writing you know you get these ideas and I was in capture mode for a really long time writing 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 all these ideas which kind of is almost like the guise of inspiration for me mm -hmm. because there's a hundred ideas on a page but I feel like I'm not actively producing any of them mm -hmm. it's a little heavy it's not inspiring it's the opposite it's like oh, I need to do that but I'm not so December 2015 I gave myself a month where I said, I'm not going to write anything down. I'm just going to tune in. I'm just going to pay attention. I'm just going to meditate. I'm going to be, you know, the ideas will come. And I was in super fear. Like I'm going to lose the ideas if I don't capture them. Oh my goodness. And sure enough, it was like at the end of the month, 
the best ideas bubbled to the top. And I was more inspired at the end of that month by the best ideas than I had been in six months writing everything down and like in capture mode, logging, logging, logging. So um, I think there's something to that too, allowing, you know, allowing ourselves trust that the best ideas will stick. I'm glad that you brought up about, you know, just keep writing your ideas down and like they kind of stay in that notebook <laughs> for a really long time. And um, I'm sure many other people ha um, have that same kind of thing. And I know that I personally had an idea notebook that I kind of like took around with me everywhere for two years. And, you know, it had a few big ideas that I wanted to do and I kept like adding to them and adding to them and I wouldn't really get to it. Like I just keep adding to it and building on it. And then it would get very overwhelming, like to be like, Oh God, like where am I going to start? <laughs> right. And I think that that's, that's a big thing for creative. Like that it's not, I wouldn't say like it's necessarily a block, but it's a big thing creative to deal with. Right. It's just like, where do we start when we have so many ideas and we love everything and it's really hard to sometimes specifically start on something. Right. So it's like a blessing and a curse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's too much it's how do you filter <laughs> yeah and and we we don't want to put down any idea specifically right like we want to do them all <laughs> and then we don't really get to any of them <laughs> can you share with us about abundance how do you see abundance in your life and also um, maybe abundance on the financial side of things where did you see a shift in your in yourself when that started to happen for you whenever that was yeah. So definitely I've had more than one shift happen um, because I really do come from a place of lack. I mean, if I look at my past, I really had quite a lot of lack mentality, scarcity mentality. You know, I was that person who I might want this in my life, but then I would say, oh, I'm going to get this one because it's almost as good and it's half price. You know, it was always like looking at the price on the tags before I bought anything. So definitely right. come from that place. Um, I think my first shift in that, I moved to South America and my husband's family, they're, they, they don't think like that. They're much more, you know what, I'm going to get myself instead of 10 jackets at $50, I'm going to buy the one that I really love at 500. It was just a different mindset where they would spend more money on the quality, but it was quality. And I, that wasn't the way I thought. So that, you know, living with in that family and living with my husband shifted that. He's a natural manifester. He's got such an abundance mentality. So that was just so nice to, you know, I started to adopt it living with him. And then I had a huge shift in my work specifically when I started to be, I started to do and be who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do with less fear. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I had four years. I mean, I, when I went through university before I even started working, I sold runestones on eBay. I mean, I was always into tools of divination and that sort of thing. Right. But I always hid it. There was always a fear around that, a fear of, you know, what would people think? And, you know, in the, in the early 2000s, it was a different world. <laughs> yeah. and, there, and there wasn't really like social media back then either. No. So it's, it's interesting because a lot of people have the fear now because, you know, gosh, like everybody and their dog is on Facebook or whatever and, you know, they might judge them, whatever it is, right? So can you dive a little bit more into that? Like that's interesting. Did you mean like just friends and family? <laughs> friends and family might, might know what you're up to or? Um, I think it was friends and family. Uh, 
I mean, I did like, cause I did, like I said, I sold these on eBay, but it felt like it was at a distance. I would never go to a show and say, I'm here doing this. I didn't even share it with some of my closest friends. Cause it mm -hmm. was, I must've had an, I mean, obviously my worry about their judgment was also coming from myself, right? It was a mirror of my own judgment of not being totally secure in it. So, um, yeah, there wasn't social media, but there was, so there were things like we, there was, I'm trying to think back my space. There were things with pages and I met yeah. my husband on snowboard.com. So we, there was social back and forth and internet stuff, but it was more in my real life, you know, like real non-internet life. Um, and so I was definitely afraid of judgment there. Um, and kind of, did a whole bunch of stuff when I started my business because I'm 13 years into my into like a very traditional creative agency. I did everything that I thought I had to do to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that included going to, you know, I would go to networking groups and I remember walking in and I was the young, often the youngest person in the room and like, oh, I need to, to feel secure in doing this. I need to put a pantsuit on. Like I need to be corporate. I need to do all of these things. So it was always coming from a place of not enough. Mm -hmm. And there was a huge shift in my financial situation that happened the moment I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with that. And I started saying, I'm going to bring in some alternative practices into what I do. And I'm going to talk to people about, you know, their mindset, because I really believe that mindset has so much to do with their success. Like we could create a beautiful website, but if you think it's not going to work, what's the point? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yeah, so started to kind of, and I had people start to, it's funny because long before I was doing what I'm doing now, my clients not knowing anything about, you know, my, my woo, my closet woo at the time would say, Oh, you're like, you know, put, just sprinkle some of your magic on it. I know you're going to make it work. Or they would be like, Oh, you're like a little pixie that comes around and fixes stuff. And they would say all of these things. So on some level it was translating. But um, <laughs> it wasn't until I really kind of got, I really got to almost a point where I was like, I cannot function anymore unless I start to, like, I just, I was so done with it. I got to a point where it was enough was enough. I couldn't do another networking meeting feeling like I wasn't being myself, you know, and so I started to do things like wear jeans, <laughs> which is more common now, um, even in business than it was 10 years ago. But um or maybe that's my perception. Let me think about that one. <laughs> but I just, um, yeah, I just started to be myself and to be slowly braver and braver and braver. And the more I put my real self out there, the more things were easier to be. Things just happened. And um, I remember a point where I was, I had some consultations and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm making more than I'd ever made before. And it felt like I hadn't done any work. Mm -hmm. And then again, that level happened again. So there was an up level there, chilly. There was an up level when I started to be myself. And then there was another up level financially when I put the Oracle deck out into the world and um, really kind of thought, okay, it's crazy because I look and I'm like, okay, I'm not making that much per deck. I'm not really selling that many in my mind at the beginning. And um but somehow I feel like I am playing all week and I've got these, you know, consultations happening and everyone's loving it and happy and I'm opening sacred space. And I'm like, is that my bank account? Really? <laughs> so 
I mean, it's all, it was really, if I could say it was magic, it really was, you know, it was just being in a state of flow, opening up to, you know, what is the next little drip of what feels good and the money just sort of happened. Does that make sense? I mean, maybe it doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it, it totally does. And I was also thinking, it's like mental capacity. Like I've been talking about this a lot lately because when we have so much stuff going on in our mind, right? And maybe those things like you talked about, like when you were going to your um, networking meetings and you just weren't being yourself, but that was taking up a part of your mind and, and all of those kind of things. And you really need to kind of like let go of the stuff that doesn't work for you for more good stuff to come in. So in your life, like what have you, especially in this last little bit, like what have you really let go even for these Oracle decks to come into your life? So the idea of professional being the same as corporate, I did have that, even though I didn't want to have that for a long time. And so by letting go of corporate, by letting go of the you know, the suit or the way I looked or the way I speak, because often I feel like I can write much better than I speak. I often feel like I'm not eloquent when I speak. And so that's something that rattles around in my head and can be a blocker. And so that sense of, oh, I'm not eloquent enough when I'm speaking in front of a group. I was like, you know what? You don't need to use, because I know that I'm an intelligent person, but I felt like this need to like have this persona, this very, you know, I'm going to use uh, very corporate words and I'm going to make myself sound a certain way. And kind I, of like, 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 like for power in a sense, yeah, right? Like, yeah. yes, there's a, there, and there is that persona out there. And so when I tried to emulate that, I always felt like I wasn't being myself when I, when I just said, I am professional because I do the work I say I'm going to do. I do it on time. I show up in integrity. I do my, I, you know, I, I work as hard as I possibly can on a given project, given the time, you know, like I, I do all of the right things that those things are professional. Mm -hmm. So kind of letting go of this persona of what success looked like. As soon as I let that go, it was so much easier to just show up and say, you know what, this is me. This is me exactly as I am. And then of course, people see you for who you are, and then the right the right people start to come because they want to work with you for who you are. So, right, um, that was a huge lesson. And gosh, don't I wish that someone sat me down thirteen years ago and said, "Just be yourself," you know. <laughs> There's so many people online right now, and I think they're all getting the idea that yes, you can make money being being creative. You can make money with a creative career. That like that they're evolving into that, right? Like, it's not really like a strange idea anymore. However, um, there's a lot of people online that are doing their creative activities, creative careers, all that, and getting out there. But maybe they are blocking themselves in some way from that financial aspect. And I think that a lot of the time, when we're passionate about something or very creative, creative and inspired and we're doing work, we often feel that maybe, you know, it's, it's not necessarily necessary to be compensated for it right and I think a lot of creatives really kind of have that thing about them so can you give us any information on that or share any enlightenment over your over your journey on, on that topic oh my goodness so just because it is innate for you right for someone that's like a creative since they were a child doesn't mean that it's not super valuable and I think most of the time our 
the way we price our stuff or the way we give stuff away for free or the way we'll work for 30 hours when we're billing five as creatives, it all stems from our own sense of self-worth. There's often, you know, money and self-worth are so intrinsically connected. And so there's a sense of, well, it's, it's not, and this, this really triggers some people. So if anyone that's listening to it, you know, I don't want to, this is not to be triggering. It's totally out of love <laughs> so that we can move past that because um, number one, your gifts, your talents, your unique skills that you're given in life, that's kind of a blueprint for what you can be doing and how you can be successful. Mm-hmm. You have this thing that comes so easily to you, but to the 99 other people in the room who are fascinated by it, you know, it's unique and worthy and should be charged at full price. And oftentimes I think creatives, because it's so natural, we undervalue it because it's just, we just do it without Mm -hmm. you and we can't help ourselves from being creative. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so important to value that gift. What do you think that your soul gifts are? Your personal soul gifts. Well, I'm always delving into this. I'm still, you know, as like everyone else, I am consistently trying to uncover them. <laughs> um, but I do know that I, I have, um, because of my desire to feel inspired, because that is truly my, you know, I wake up in the morning and that is my, it's my every moment desire that I'm often in a state of inspiration so that I'm often able to inspire just because of the state I'm in mm-hmm. so I think that piece of like being able to inspire people to do their best work is something that um, has come up. And I've only really started to see that as, you know, that's something that's valuable, something that's worthy. <laughs> um, and also, I guess the ability to see in others, their, how their unique talents can be, can be used and can be, uh, I want to say polished and put out and sold, you know, because uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that's an innate talent or if that's 13 years of experience. It's probably a little bit of both, but the, um, the ability to see in others, their beautiful gifts. Cause sometimes, sometimes we need a mirror. Sometimes we can't see them ourselves. So uh, do you ever find it shocking still when you're talking to someone online or you're starting with a new client or something like that and they don't, and they are, and you've enlightened them in some way and they're shocked by the idea of, wow, like, I guess I can do this. Like they hadn't thought of it before. You know what I mean? Like, does that ever still shock you? Um, what happens often? Uh, and I don't know if it, it's not that it shocks me. It actually, in a way, it just sort of, there's something, it's sort of, it's not that it saddens me either, but I just feel like, gosh, why didn't you see that for yourself? You know, why didn't you see how beautiful you are? You know? There's a piece of that that happens. So there's definitely this kind of tugging on my heartstrings thing. And the other thing that I, what I am shocked by, and <laughs> I'm tr- going to try and word this in a way because I don't want to offend anyone and I don't want to offend anyone's teachers. But No, no, everybody is. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> is um, I see people, like I'll have a session with them and I then I see people being like, you did this for me. You opened this up. Oh my goodness. I'm seeing this, this success, or I'm seeing this snowball and I'm seeing this money because of you. Thank you so much. And I am always like, Whoa, like you did it. Mm-hmm. You did this for you. I was able to mirror and I was able to say there's potential. I was able to open the door maybe, or give you an idea, but 
don't ever give anyone your power away like that. Because if I did it for you, then when we stop working together, you can't do it on your own. And that's simply not true. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so that shocks me because I don't think that anyone is qualified to be in control of your spiritual path or be in control of your creative success like you are, right? Like it's, it's, it's the person that has that. And so I love to go to coaches. I love guides. I have mentors and I will talk to them because they, they are a mirror for me. They, they springboard my ideas. They put intention into it and it like, it's almost like the intention gets multiplied, right? There's this beautiful effect of just amplification, but I don't give them my power. I don't say you did it for me. And I don't. And so anyone that works with me, I'm like, gosh, when I hear that, it makes me, if there's a shock, it makes me super uncomfortable because I am nobody. I don't want to be, I'm, we are all like, we are all the same. You're just, <laughs> you're just literally like carrying the Windex and like cleaning the windows for people. Yes. Like that's what you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I am often shocked by how easily, so many creatives give their power away mm-hmm. and the creative forces 100% within them. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to talk about your Oracle deck, which I have right here, which if you don't have this, everybody get it. It's not only super beautiful, but the cards are beautiful and thick and um, the imagery is amazing. And I don't know if you're one of those people that are like a book sniffer too in the, in the book store, this book smells really, really, really good. So it's called the sacred creators Oracle an abundance journey for your creator soul. And it's really, well, I'm going to let you talk about it, but it's really designed for creative entrepreneurs, right? Really creatives, makers, anybody who's creating um, their life, even if it's a side hustle or, they think they want to start a business was, was 100% made for soulpreneurs, healers, creatives. Um, and I'm seeing people use it for other things too, which is interesting. You know, I saw, saw it used in a romance reading the other day and I was like, that's cool because I, I love to see that because I didn't imagine that ever. But yeah. It really is for, um, it's got tips and tricks for building, uh, building your dream. So I'm going to quiz you. I, you know how sometimes you can get the same you can get the same card like three or four times in a row, right? And I did. And I this morning I was like, I wonder if I want to get it again. I did get it again. And so I got you are light. And um, can you enlighten me? <laughs> so when we get those cards that sort of stalk us, mm-hmm. I love first of all, I love that um, it's just like so many things I feel come together when that happens. It's like the you didn't, you, you read the message, but you didn't get the message. So the cards yeah, are yeah. like, no, you need to get, you, you need to read this again. You need to get this again. Maybe you read the message and you were, it was, you know, too literal. And it's like, no, you need to go inwards and you need to find the time and spend the time on this. There's something there in the message that, um, that wants to come out for sure when that happens. So I, I mean, I get like, I get chills whenever that happens, especially two or three times in a row. Like there's, there's not enough coincidence on the planet to explain that draw, mm-hmm. right? I don't know what, what the, into the millionth possibility that would be when, when we multiply the 65 cards by the 65, by this, you know, yeah. But, um, the, you are light card. That card was one of the first ones that was made in the deck. It was, um, really speaking to, I, it was really kind of, when I created that card, I was thinking about, 
us talking at, you know, us at a quantum level, that we really are just vibrating strings, that we, you know, there's this beautiful analogy that I, I saw in a documentary this week that's perfect, it's just popping into my mind. It's a tree. And the way the tree, you know, it has its leaves and its bark, and then it has its cells, and you go down and it's got its atoms, and you go down another layer and it's got its quarks and all of its electrons. And you go down another layer and it's just vibrating energy, right? These strings. And then it gets the light from the sun, which is a total different thing, but it gets to the tree and it fuses with the tree. And it's like the vibrations change and it becomes part of the tree. Then the tree breathes out and it breathes out its oxygen and we breathe it in. And so it's just like this in and out and this ebb and flow of light, just pure light, right? And when we think about it, ourselves as light beings, Ah, oh, there's so much potential in that because a thought is also electric and a thought mm -hmm. is something, you know, we put our thoughts out into the world and it ch physically changes the space around us. So the you are light card, I mean, it's you are a light worker. You have so much positive energy inside you. And when you choose to put it out into the world, this positive energy, you can physically change the world around you, which is scientific they're really starting to prove these things now and it's magical i mean the idea that we are beings with that it's like a magnitude of power that i can't even fathom but we do it all the time mm -hmm. so your ability to change shift your world yeah you're just affirming how you know things are so full of potential and are so full of light and what it really is, it's almost mind-boggling to actually really like get into it and think about it. If you're feeling as though life sucks or like you can't do something or as though, you know, things are just not working out for you, like just shift it into the idea that you are light. Like the potential that is there is unfathomable. It really is. And there's a, there's um, a beautiful saying and that is that perception is projection. And so what you perceive something to be is the projection that happens. It's what you put onto it, right? It is the way the world works. And, um, you know, I see this more and more with, you know, in the everyday, I have someone close to me who sees things often from a negative spin. And when we talk about moments in history, the things we remember are completely different. You know, Interesting. The funny versus the the cake we had, or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Um, and that perception is—it's just my my the situation. We were in the exact same room, the exact same time, the exact same situation. And my memory of it, which is all that is real to me, is one hundred and twenty percent different. So crazy. Right? <laughs> and we choose—we choose our mindset, and our mindset then becomes our reality. It's the only, I mean, it's so. We are yeah. not having this, nobody's having the same experience. It's no. just like, you have to remember that. <laughs> nobody, and nobody watching this video is going to, you know, every, I'm sure all the people that are watching this video, as they were watching it, as we were having our, you know, our, our chat, you know, what I'm noticing is I'm noticing these beautiful colors behind you and, we're, and you're totally noticing something else. But beyond that, there were moments where little ideas, little memories popped up and surfaced from whoever the person is that's watching it, from their subconscious, different connections. And those connections are so unique to our own experience. Mm -hmm. We get to choose. That's the, the beautiful piece is we get to choose to be positive.
and change our life that way. Or we get to choose to be like, life sucks, like you said, like, you know, this kind of down in the dumps, um, which is probably why when I feel like I'm like, oh, tired in the morning or things are not feeling on, it's like, get the music on, dance around, jump around, get your vibe to a certain level because I want to live in that inspired state. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to do that for me. Place to remember that idea, like that you choose, you choose those memories of that time. You choose to pick up on the positive um, aspects of that experience, not the negative and take them with you. Right. So that really dives a little bit more into like choice, but thank you for saying that. Cause it's such, um, it's such a good way of thinking about it. Um, I've got one more card here. I picked for the people that are watching. Awesome. And so maybe you can elaborate on this one. Gratitude again. <laughs> so, so many of us have, you know, we watched this, the secret came out maybe 10 I want to say 13 years ago now, maybe even now, maybe around 10 years ago, whatever it was. Um, And a lot of us jumped into that, you know, that into, I'm going to be grat, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to live this secret and I'm going to change my life. And the only experiences that some people have with gratitude is that they tried it and it didn't work. So then gratitude becomes a negative in their, in their mindset. It becomes a negative. It becomes something that, you know what, that's poppycock. It's not going to (laughs) work. And so the idea of gratitude again was like, you know what, you have to do it, but you have to do, you have to go deeper because it's Mm -hmm. not just being grateful for this thing that you're going to get this Ferrari. Cause that was very, a lot of the examples when that first came out, they were very, materialistic they were no i hear what you're saying yeah vision board of the house of ferrari the porsche like that that was it's like that's what a gratitude board is or um, a vision board right so right versus really paying attention in any moment we have the opportunity to do this to close our eyes to tune in to tune in to our own heartbeat to the moments between our heartbeat any of those little spaces we can find joy and happiness and be grateful for it and so the more we're grateful the more we great gratitude is just a really beginner's entry. It's like opening the, the easy door <laughs> to abundance mm-hmm. and it's, it does work. But if it didn't work for you, it's like gratitude again and again and again and again, because it takes time to build up the neurons that fire that way. Mm-hmm. It's time to, to change the pathways in our brain so that the gratitude wheel does work. And if you only give it, 12 days, 10 days, which is probably what most people do, then, you know, you're not going to get the miracles that you are seeking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, um, I definitely try to be very mindful of even like very, like mostly simple experiences. I, I like to recognize my gratitude in simple experiences, like walking or something like that. Like, I'm so grateful that I have the time to like go on a walk right now, or I'm so grateful that, you know, I am just here, like, with my family, like, today, or I'm so grateful that I have a garden to just spend time in and garden in, right? So I think that that's where the gratitude can really hit home, too. You can say, yeah, I'm grateful I have this, like, pimpin car. However, (laughs) there's way deeper gratitude than that, right? So, you know, start with the simple stuff. Like, start with, whoa, like, I, it was funny. I had a crazy headache a few n- nights ago before I went to sleep, and I never have headaches. And I literally felt like I could die in the night. Like, I was, like, so scared. And I woke up, and I was like, oh, like, I'm alive. <laughs> like, and it was just a really awesome um, uh, reminder. <laughs> we are talking to artists and creatives. Um, 
being grateful for your state of flow would be a great place to start. Mm. Because I don't know an artist who doesn't find their flow. You know, when you are painting or crafting and you're so in the moment that time stands still or you blink and an hour has gone by and you realize mm -hmm. I haven't worried about anything for the last hour because I've been so engrossed in my craft. When, like, even just paying attention to when that happens, which is often mm -hmm. the addiction of, of doing art, right? Because we get into that state. Being grateful for finding that state. We manifest so easily from that state. And so being grateful when you find it, recognizing it when you find it would be an amazing place to start. I often have that conversation with uh, a number of people and they ask me, do you meditate? And I say, mm, well, I do in a lot of other ways. I, I, I personally just don't really fall into the, you know, sitting or laying down and just kind of like zoning out meditation. However, I do, whenever I paint, I, I feel like I meditate because I do zone out for a, about an hour. Something that I zone out for like two hours at a time is gardening. I'll get up and be like, wow, I did not think of anything for two hours. And it's just a really cool feeling because, you know, it takes away all that worry, all that whatever it is that you have on like the, the lower end of the emotional scale and it puts you in content or higher. And then obviously you're able to attract more of those amazing feelings from the universe boomeranging back to you at that time. So yeah, find that thing, right? Like find that thing where you can just get in the flow and zone out. That That's the key. <laughs> I really think, and I, I believe that we do so much in the background when that happens or that things are shifting in the background that happens. And we're just paying attention to the beauty of the details. Until next time, feel free to check out wildandcreative.com where you can find me as well as a ton of other fun, magical, creative activities for you to take part in. Thank you for listening.